Thanks, Bart. Hey, guys. It's awesome to be with you. I have my little ministry buddy here with me, Luke. Um, he was 13 months old, I think, when we left here. So he's hanging out with me uh, on this trip. He was in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, long story how we ended up down here. We were in Atlanta for a conference. And so Luke's the son of Birmingham. And he's excited. He was like, Dad, I can't wait to see where I was born. And so we're going to this afternoon take some time just to show him around like where he, because he hasn't been back here since we left. It's amazing. So now he's 13 years old. And uh, God's just doing a great thing in, in all of our kids. And um, this last week he was at uh, a youth event that we were having in South Florida. And God just kind of spoke some things to his life. And I wanted, I wanted him, if, if that's okay, to read this over you guys as a, as a son of this city, right? Just to encourage your heart. So, Lukey, why don't you read this to everybody, just what God kind of spoke to you. And it's kind of a, a word for, for you guys as, as, as a church. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The thoughts of loving someone is not comprehensible until you're able to love yourself. You take things, people, to try to mark up the thing that you have lost. And the thought of hating yourself is not a reality either. How can you hate yourself when you don't know who you are? Yes, I am talking to you. It's fine. I know you have lost a lot, and I am there. Reach out. I can practically feel you. There's a spark that has not been lit. And when it is lit, you will have the power that you will know who you are and the thing that you have lost will be burnt away. Trust me, I've got time to wait. I am always there reaching out. I know the plans I have for you, just waiting for you to take the fire and brighten up the darkness so you can find you, be you. Awesome. Would you pray for us this morning, bud? Would you pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I pray that... um, uh, with every word that my dad speaks, you will like uh, be over that word. And um, I just pray that um, it will go smoothly. And that uh, thank you for bringing me and my dad to fullness and giving us the opportunity to come to Alabama. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, buddy. It's awesome. Wow. What an honor to be with all of you guys today. And I really... I really have an expectancy in my heart that the Lord's going to do something awesome. Yes. I forgot to dismiss the kids. Kids. It's my first time to ever do this. So. Awesome, awesome. No, no problem. It's good. I really have uh, an expectancy in my heart that God's going to do something this morning. It's going to be fun. It's an honor to be with you. Uh, I just want to honor Bart, Kathy. Uh, the, the elders of this house that were so gracious to me and my family while we were here. We came here in 1993. I was 25 years old. We were basically here uh, for 10 years, outside of two years when we were down in Dallas at, at Bible School, Christ for the Nations. And, and the Lord really used this community to shape and mold our hearts and our lives. Uh, not only Bart, Kathy, and the elders, but Jimmy Brookins, who I can't believe is here this morning. I'm so humbled to, to be standing here as, as your great man of God in, in, in this house, in this place that influenced and impacted my life as well for the sake of the nations of the earth. So, whew, totally humbled just to be able to minister the word of the Lord to you. We're um, in North Carolina right now on, on summer break a little bit. Um, just to give you a little insight, my wife and I, uh, as Bart said, in 2002, moved down to South Florida. A year later, 2003, planted a church called The Harbor. And we've been seeing a real move of God in, in the area, in the region, God's been doing a, a, an awesome work there. My wife and I have been married now 25 years almost and, and 20 years in full-time ministry, which is crazy to think about. So time flies when you're having fun, amen? And uh, 
So God's doing great things, and, and we uh, are in just a beautiful season of our life. Luke's 13, our son's 18, Jesse just graduated, and Savannah's 22. Um, don't tell anybody this, but probably close to getting engaged soon, and uh, you know, in that season of life and marriage, and we're really blessed. Um, like I said, we're in North Carolina this summer a little bit, and uh, about five years ago, I started uh, learning how to fly. My dad, when I was a little kid, was a pilot. Uh, flew for Evil Knievel. We lived in, uh, anybody remember Evil Knievel? And uh, so he flew for him when I was a little kid, and we lived in Montana. So it was always in my blood, always something I, I, I thought about and wanted to do. And I've been flying for a while now, but I wanted to, to improve and, 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 you know, get better at, at, at aviation. And the next step really is, is to move into a prof- more of a professional realm by getting your instrument rating. But it's, it's a lot of time, and it's a lot, even more importantly for me, money, and I was up in North Carolina speaking, and a guy came up to me afterwards, and he said, hey, are you Darren Davis? That's part of the, the Wilkesboro Flying Club is where the, our family cabin is, and I said, as a matter of fact, I am, and he said, well, I'm Chuck Ellsworth. I'm a member of the board, and I didn't know he was a, a believer, and we just started talking about aviation, and, and two weeks later, he called me, and he said, I was with my wife, and we were praying, and we felt the Holy Spirit say that I was to train you in your instrument rating for free which is a really generous offer for his time and, and the resources that will save me to do it. So we've been doing that this summer. I'm like five weeks in. It's, it's such an amazing experience because the other day we were flying and you're under this hood. You're never seeing outside the whole time. You're solely looking at your gauges. And I think this is a good illustration before I even get into the word of the Lord. But we were flying and I was, I was like chucked to my, my flight instructor who's a 45-year veteran of TWA, retired now, I said, look, man, the, the heading indicator is, is stuck to the right. And, and I was, so I was tapping on the glass, tapping on the gauge, and he's like, Darren, it's not stuck. We're at, you're in a total right bank, you know, in the airplane. Look at your wings. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because I could not feel at all the attitude of the airplane with my body. And the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me. He's like, listen, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to bring the church into an hour where you're going to have to fly by the gauges and the truth of my word and not by what you feel. Can I get an amen this morning? Because I'm telling you, like, I, I love the emotion of God. I, I love the presence of the Holy Spirit that stirs and provokes feeling on the inside of us. I think that's so valid, so, so God, so Jesus. But, you know, there's times when you have to just trust in the faithfulness of God's word and not what you feel. Because that's what's going to take us to the place where we can soar higher and, and, and go to higher heights and see, you know, the greatness of God in, in this hour, in this time. What I want to do this morning for the time that we have, I want to talk a little bit about revelation. Um, you know, we are uh, carriers of the kingdom. Do you know that? Like the kingdom of God, like the rule of the Father. Did you know that you are carrying the seed of that reality on the inside of you? It's called Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did you know that? I mean, think about this, guys. The, the, thir- the, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the God, God himself, lives on the, every, on the inside of every single one of us. And that is so profound to me to think that we carry God on the inside. And so we're bearing in, inside of our being the seed of the kingdom of God, the seed that can have influence in the earth, in, in, the, in the nation of the earth. And Proverbs chapter 8, I just want to show you something here, and then we're going to look into the concept of revelation, this whole thing, carrying the seed. It's going to be a very simple message, but I believe it's going to provoke some stuff in our hearts this morning. Proverbs chapter 8, 
uh, verses 1 through 4. This is New Living Translation that I'm reading out of. And so listener, they may be able to put this up there, but it says this. It says, listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. So here's two calls that are going out into the world. It's, it's wisdom and understanding, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to this in just a minute to explain what I'm talking about here. But it says, where are these things being called out from? Verse 2 says, on the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads Verse 3 says, by the gates of the entrance of the town and on the road leading in, she cries aloud. And verse 4 says, I call to you, to all of you, I raise my voice to all you people. So there's like this cry that's trying to get the attention of our hearts. And it's, it's wisdom and understanding. And the place that these voices are coming to are found on the hilltops of the mountains. Now listen to me. Mountains in this, in this context represent the high places, the, the spheres of influence on the earth. So the, the Spirit of God is calling out um, via wisdom and understanding to us who stand upon the mountains of, the inf- of influence in the earth. Hear me in this. God wants to transform Birmingham, Alabama. Did you know that? Like for real. Is this... He wants to transform Birmingham, Alabama. Did you know that? Like in and among the spheres of influence. Listen, there's high places in the earth in spheres of influence among marketplace reality that how many of you know have exalted themselves above the knowledge of the word of God? And the, and, the, and the world is looking for an answer. And the only answer that they're going to find for a solution of the kingdom of heaven to come into these spheres of influence, these mountains, if you will, that have exalted themselves, is you and me. So it's, it's these hilltops, these high places along the road. This is where the flows of, flow of commerce is. If you even look at the Apostle Paul, I love it. Like looking at his life and, and, and where he went. How many of you know that he went to some of the darkest places and some of the biggest cities that had influence in, in the world in terms of commerce. Ephesus, Corinth. Go and study it out. He didn't go to Christian places. Come on, somebody. He went to places where the gospel needed to penetrate. And he went right in and, and began to work with his hands. He wasn't even in full-time vocational ministry. He was building tents. And by his just very presence in that city, it began to shake the economic center of that, of that place and begin to disrupt things that, that, were, that were against the Lord in, in, in those areas. But man, but transformation began to come and God began to use this man to see cities blown up for the glory of God. So crossroads at the gates, at the entrance to the city um, where, where we are supposed to stand. How many of you know that we're the gatekeepers, guys? We really are. We, we should be the ones sitting at the gate saying, hey, this is what's going to come into our city and this is what's going to go out of our city. I'm taking that stand in South Florida. I'm like, listen, you know, the, 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 the drug trafficking, the, the cocaine, you know, flowing in and out of this, all the, the prostitution, the sex trafficking, I mean, all of the, you know, the, the greed, the manipulation, uh, the pride. I mean, at some point, we've got to take a stand and say, you know what, this isn't going to go on in our city anymore. And this is what Holy Spirit's wanting to do. He's wanting to light a fire on the inside of our hearts. And we say, you know what? Enough is enough with me. I'm not, I don't know about you, but I'm not hold, just holding on, waiting for Jesus to come back. I want to make an impact in my city for the glory of God while I have breath on my, on, in my lungs. 
So this is what God is doing. Now, here's how this comes. Wisdom and understanding. They're calling out to us to, to get us to raise our voices. Wisdom, obviously, comes through knowledge, uh, insight, judgment that's gained over many experiences in life. Awesome. That God's going to give you wisdom over time. But how many of you know sometimes we don't have a whole lot of time to just gain insight just through experience of life? So the other way that it comes, which is married to this reality, which I believe in, is revelation. Revelation, which is understanding. It's a mental grasp the power of comprehending, the, the knowledge and ability to judge a particular situation or subject. And in the context of this Proverbs uh, scripture here, it's the ability or supernatural ability to understand things that other people aren't able to understand. <laughs> Do you believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to you things that other people aren't able to understand? Do you believe that? How can a 13-year-old boy say the kind of words that he said when he was... How many of you were saying those kind of words when you were 13? Uh, not me. And so that comes not through wisdom because he hasn't learned that, that much over time of the 13 years that he's lived here. That's come through understanding, through revelation. And both are being married together in this hour. So here's what I want to do. I want to give us a little revelation this morning, a little understanding that hopefully will provoke our hearts to take our stand at the city gates and be used by God to bring influence into the realms, the high places in this city where God's positioned you. Right now, whatever realm that is, whether you're a homemaker, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, business person, whatever the case may be, this is where God's wanting to infiltrate his glory and bring his kingdom to, okay? So turn with me to the parable of the sower. Everybody's heard this parable, Matthew chapter 13. A lot of times we use this scripture out of context saying that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, a portion of Scripture for the lost, but Jesus is actually in this portion of Scripture speaking to his church. How many of you know God's got to get our attention first before he can do anything else in the world? It's like in Revelation. He's saying, guys, Revelation 3, we use it as a Scripture for salvation. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. How many of you know he's not talking to the lost there? He's talking to the church He's standing out the door, outside the doors of the church, and he's saying, if you would let me in, I will speak to you. I will come, and I will give you revelation in your heart that will light that flame that's grown dark. I will come, and I will illuminate something in your heart where you'll take a stand for real in the city that you're living in, in the earth in this hour. Because, guys, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to raise up somebody to do this. And if it's not us, he'll look for the next generation and I don't know about you, but I want it to be me. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what God is doing, so I want, to get, I want him to get my attention. So he's speaking in Matthew chapter 13, and they're like even asking this guy. They're like, in, in verse 10, they said, why do you speak parables when you talk to the people? Why do you say things in, in parables? Why do you teach like this? And look what he says in verse 11 exactly along the theological context of what I've just presented to you this morning in terms of Revelation. He said, you're permitted, permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. He's giving them a window, if they would take it, to add to their wisdom revelation that would set their hearts on fire to change the place where they live. Now, here's the deal. God doesn't give revelation to some for the exclusion of others. 
He actually gives it to some for the inclusion of others. Think about Gideon's army. He didn't whittle things down only to save 300. He whittled it down to 300 to save a nation. Oh, I just want to, <laughs> hello, hello. He's, he, he's, he's coming and he wants to get into somebody's heart for the sake of the greater good. And so here we are in church where we're people that have been touched by, by the presence of God. And man, I don't know about you, but I want to be so sobered by that reality. Because if I don't catch on fire, if I don't open up to the revelation of what God's trying to say, man, this could be at the expense of everybody else that he ultimately wants to touch. Does this make any sense? So he's not like just saying, okay, apostles and disciples over here, I'm just going to save you and I'm just going to reveal mysteries to you. He's saying, no, if you get this, you're going to be able to turn the world upside down. So he's speaking to them in mysteries. And he tells them in, in verse 17, he says, man, I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to behold this day. Talking about the New Testament reality of Christ resurrected from the dead, where even, it says this, the least in this kingdom reality is greater than John the Baptist, who was the last Old Testament prophet who shook a nation. Here's the thing. The devil doesn't want us to understand what we really carry on the inside. You may say, well, I'm just this person. I'm just working. No, you have Christ in you. Do you understand? You have the very member of God himself living on the inside of you. And you, as one who would say, I'm the least, is greater than John the Baptist in your potential. Not because of your own strength, but by what you carry. So God wants to awaken that revelation on the inside. Now here he begins to explain the parable. And I just want to go through this with you. And I'm going to give you like three things to like take, take note of. So if you're writing stuff down. Just, just put this stuff in your thing and, you know, just ponder it maybe after the message this morning. But he's, he's going to go ahead and explain the parable. I won't read it, you know, to you. You guys mostly know it, but I'm going to go ahead and explain the parable for the sake of time. Verse 18, he says, now listen, he's trying to get their attention to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Because Jesus is the one that he's casting seed out into the earth. He's casting He's casting these pieces of seed out. By the way, he says, they're like little uh, grains of mustard seed. But if they could begin to grow in, a, in us, they'll become one of the greatest trees. And many people will find shade under their branches and rest in their limbs. I'm talking to, I'm talking to you all this morning. You all are these trees planted by the rivers of living water. It's what the prophet saw. He saw them along the banks it, it, he's raising up oaks of righteousness. You're part of this tribe. This is your mark. This is your portion. It's not for somebody else. God's raising it up, and he's put something so You don't even maybe sometimes feel it. No, it's there, but it's on the inside, and if you would just let God water it, it will begin to grow and become so massive that nothing can stop it, not because of you, but because of God in you, Christ in you, the work of the grace of the gospel of Jesus. It's like, oh my gosh, Lord, what you put in me, what you started, you're faithful to complete it. I mean, y'all, when I got saved at South Carolina, I wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus was for sure looking for me. He's always looking for us. He's always searching for us. And so there I am, and he comes and he encounters me, changes my life, and he put this seed inside of me that I didn't even know he planted there, and for 20-something years, it's been growing, 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 getting bigger. Sometimes I, I feel like I can't even contain it. 
And then you start having encounters with the person of the Holy Spirit that sparks it. Just, I mean, they're not all the time, but then they come and they just kind of ignite that thing on the inside. And you're like, oh, this is for real. This is for real. This is for real. This isn't something I'm making up. It's not just church. I'm not just going and having another meeting. It's like something bigger than that. It's on the inside of me. God put it there. God put it there. He invested it in you because he doesn't, he's not wasting his time. He chose you for a purpose, for a reason. You know, you're not a side thought. You're not like somebody that's on the back burner. You're not out of the game. In fact, you know, I've been, I've been asking the Lord about this. I was like, what about some of the 50, 60-year-olds that are maybe a little disillusioned? He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to ignite their hearts again. And I'm going to take the revelation that I ignite their hearts with, with all the years of wisdom, and they're going to be like firebrands in my hand. I'm going to raise them up in this hour. <sighs> I feel it. So Jesus is... He's talking to them, and he's saying, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to explain this thing to you. And here's what he says. The seed, this revelation, because we need to know how to overcome, like, what holds us back. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath, verse 19, represents those who hear the message about what? The kingdom, guys. Come on. The kingdom, and they don't understand it. What is he talking about? Fell on the footpath. Those that hear the message... The word there is logos, talking about that living and dwelling word, that hear that thing of the Father's rule, and they don't understand it. What does that mean? It's when God comes and he encounters you, and in the moment that he encounters you, you try to rationalize what he's saying to you. And immediately, it says, violently, the enemy will come and he'll steal that seed of revelation out of your heart perfect illustration because I'm talking about us carrying the logos. Think about this. Real person, Mary, right? Angel of the Lord comes to her and tells her that God's going to overshadow her and she's going to become pregnant with the son of the living God on the inside of her very own womb. She instantly starts to rash. And come on, guys, would you blame her? I mean, for real? What if you had an angel? Whoa, what's going on here? And all of a sudden he tells you, hey, by the way, you're pregnant. And she's like, I've never even been with another man. And she's thinking, like, what in the world are you talking about? It's almost kind of like the same thing I'm saying to you this morning. Like, I'm telling you that you carry God on the inside. You could sit there and go, well, uh, is that really for real? Is that just, is that more symbolic? Is this, I mean, am I really carrying God on the inside? Do I really have potential to really change the world? I mean, can I really make a difference? You can sit there and you can go through all your mental gymnastics and right in that moment, instead of just having simple trust and going, you know what, I really do carry the glory of God on the inside of me and it's not about me. It's about him and it's about him receiving the glory of the Lord. You know, all of the glory, all of what God wants to do, man, he's going to raise up this nameless, faceless people that's going to point and, and, and give honor and glory to this one called Jesus. But Mary's in the same place. She's like, what in the world Imagine, and then you know what she says? <sighs> the grace of heaven comes over her, and she says, Lord, be it to me according to your word. And something's planted on the inside of her that changed the course of human history. So let me ask you a question. Are we just going to sit in our places of encounter, under a message of the word of the Lord in church, 
and just rationalize everything. That, and I'm all about intellect. I love it. I think we should develop our minds. I think we should study. I think we should grow and, 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 and cultivate all of that. But I'm, what I'm saying is don't let things that seem irrational to you allow the seed of revelation to be stolen from your life because then all you'll have at the end of the day is wisdom and that's not going to be enough to change the things at the city gates. <clears throat> I mean, I'm minding my own business, you know, happy living here in Birmingham, Alabama over on a mission trip to to, to Brazil, man, we were, we were going to, we probably would have lived here for the rest of our life. And Holy Spirit comes and encounters me in a room. And you know, what he, all he said to me is he said, Darren, your time in Birmingham is done. And I didn't want to hear that, to be honest. That didn't make any rational sense. I mean, I could go all the way back to when he called me into full-time ministry. Here I am, an executive for Walmart, being mentored by Sam Walton, the founder of the company, the richest man in the world. And God says, listen, your time in, in this ministry or this, this business is done. That doesn't make any rational sense. I remember when my, my wife's brother wanted to go to Bible school at Christ for the Nations. You know what I said? I said, that is the most irresponsible thing I've ever heard anybody wanting to do. That's just a stupid that is dumb. Why would you go to some Bible school, quit your job? That is, and here I find myself at Bible school, you know, a few years later. That's just like God to do that kind of stuff. But, you know, he wants to get, he wants to get past our rational thinking to get to our hearts. He wants our hearts. He wants to know, do we really trust him? Is he true at, at what he says? Like, or is he just making all this up and dangling a carrot in front of our lives, leading us down a road of misery? You know, if he said something to you, is it true or is it not true? You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to say, okay, what is God speaking to your heart? And then at the end of the day, you're going to have to make that decision. Is, is this really the Lord? And, and, and then you're going to have to rest in that simple place of trust. Now, here's the deal that I do know. Things don't work out always like we think they're going to, think they're going to work out. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. <laughs> and for sure, the timing ain't like we think it's going to be. I'm preaching to myself, Darren. This is really good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting stoked this morning just preaching to my own heart. But that's true. It doesn't go like we think it's going to go. And for sure it doesn't go in the timing that we think it's going to go. But what he does say is yes and amen. It's yes and amen. So footpath is that. Second one is this. Verse 20. <clears throat> Rocky soil. Rocky soil. The seed that fell on rocky, rocky soil rep represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Now, in ministering to young people, this is what happens, man. They are so going to change the world, going to take on the world. But it says this, they do not have deep roots. And so when, hist when tribulation comes because of the word, they are only able <coughs> to stand for a short time. Here's what happens. If you don't have a history in the goodness of God, the seed of revelation will be taken from you every single time. Yeah. Did you know God's good? Come on, somebody. Did you know that God is really good? In fact, you read Old Testament prophet, 
He says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. Is he lying as a prophet or is he really telling the truth that he's given us a future and a hope? So is God good or is he not good? So here's the thing that I've learned to do. And by the way, the Old Testament patriarchs did the same exact thing. Every single time the goodness of God showed up, you know what they would do? They would carve the testimony of that good act of God into the staff that they would use to get around from place to place. Did you know that? Go back and study it out. That's why, why in the world was Aaron and her, is that who it was? Aaron and her holding up the arms of Moses. I was going to say Charlton Heston, but that would have been wrong. Okay, they were holding up the, that's, that's the person holding the sword. But anyhow, they, they're holding up the, the, the staff. And why were they holding up the staff? Because carved on the staff was the testimonies of the goodness of God when they were backed in a corner and it looked like there was no escape. <laughs> God loves to come in. In Revelation, when there looks like there's no other way for anything to happen. And that's what he does best, church. In his sovereignty, you gotta, you got to reconcile this in your head. You know, he's not a bad God, but he does allow things to happen. He does. He could have stopped it, but he didn't. Because he wants to show off his glory. And this is not our portion to have footpaths that are trampled over when God's trying to give us revelation. Yes, you can be, you know, but here's the thing. Well, wisdom tells me, you know what, I shouldn't really do that. I shouldn't really go here. I shouldn't really do this. I shouldn't really give that portion of money. You're powerless. You're powerless when you start to act like that. Because God wants wisdom coupled with revelation. You don't do stupid things. But when he does tell you to do something, you do it because God is good. And he's going to back it even when he doesn't look like he's going to. Amen, Darren. Amen. Because he's calling us to take our stands at the cities. Somebody is going to rise up and sit and say, this is going to change from here on out. Because I carry the presence of the, oh my goodness, guys, when a generation gets the reality that they carry God on the inside of them, everything is over. I'm talking awakening to their, genera to their identity, awakening to the revelation of who God is, awakening to what they really carry on the inside. It is finito. <laughs> and the devil is so afraid of this, he will blind your minds, keeping the light of the glorious gospel. That's what I'm preaching to you this morning, the good news of what you actually carry from coming into your hearts. You'll just sit and you'll go, oh, you know what, I, I don't, I've tried that before and God, failed. God wasn't there, God wasn't this. The goodness of God carved into our hearts if you don't have it. Because you know how that goes. Devil's right there to whisper, man, your dad, you know, he's, not, he's not good. He's not there. He's not real. He's not this. He's not that. <clears throat> I mean, guys, listen. I go down to South Florida. Not too many people know this story. We go down there, man, guns blazing. You know, we're going to take the region for the glory of God and Next thing you know, I lose all of my financial support, <clears throat> which I didn't tell Wendy about, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And then I find myself 
You know, so I'm just like, well, God's good. God, you're good. You're with me. And I just do the next thing that I knew to do. That was get a job. I find myself taking uh, fourth grade kids on excursions from South Florida, St. Augustine, oldest city in the world, in, in the United States. Okay, to see the lighthouse, Ripley's Believe It or Not, the fort. And, and think about this. God's called me to plant a church. What in the world am I doing taking fourth grade kids to St. Augustine? Come on, somebody. And then we're rolling up to St. Augustine. I remember one day it was like I felt like all of hell was crashing in on me. And then, boom, a bus tire blows. And then, and then, and then I don't know, it upset one of the kids. And blah, he's thrown up on the bus. And then all of a sudden the parents are like, it's you. It's your fault. You're ruining our trip. Pointing at me, the, 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 the tour guide. I'm like, what? What? You know, God, what in the world is happening? I'm dying. This is bad. I, I, you brought me to South Florida to destroy me. Maybe. <laughs> because when we come to the end of ourselves, the only thing, everything, listen, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And the only thing that remains is of God. And that's what he's looking for in this hour. <clears throat> so is God good or isn't he? You got to carve it. You got to write it. You got to, in fact, maybe you haven't done this. You need to go back and you need to remember everything that he's done over the entirety of your life. And you need to write that stuff down and you need to paste it all over your house. And you need to hold that stuff up when the forces of hell come against your life. Last one. This is Jesus speaking to the church. He's not speaking to the lost. Fell among thorns. Verse 22 represents those who hear God's word, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Everybody say no fruit. Did you know that he's called us to bear fruit 30, 60, 90, 100 fold? He's looking for an ROI, a return on his investment. Jesus, he didn't pay for this cheaply, guys. He gave his son. He's looking for a return. Not in striving, but he wants a, a payback for what he, what he gave. It's, it's for the glory of Jesus. But here's the thing. Things try to choke us out. What are, what are the thorns? Number one, worries of this life. I hate that. I'm, you know what I'm seeing right now? I'm seeing that spirit creep up all over the world right now. Worries of this life. Oh, my gosh. Israel. Russian. Putin. Uh, whatever. Economy. and the, you know, Those things may be reality. But, dude, did you know that that's not your portion to come under some spirit of fear? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's like in the midst of these times, we'll actually be given through wisdom and revelation, ability to make right decisions and prosper in the midst of what's going on. Did you know that? There's, I mean, there's, whole, there's talks about like even transferences of wealth. God's going to get, like money's money. Money's going to fall in somebody's hands. Why not the church for the sake of the expansion of the gospel? Why are we moving into now a spirit of self-preservation just to take care of me, myself, and I when God's like, listen, I want somebody to change the world. I'm not angry, guys, by the way. I'm a really happy person. 
<laughs> Worries of this life. The other one is the lure of wealth. God's not against us having money, but what he is against is us thinking that wealth is going to bring us fullness, and it, ev- it never, ever will. <clears throat> I'm like, go ahead, Lord. We'll take all the resources that you want to give us, but they are never going to give us fullness. That's why I love King David, man after God's own heart. What was the psalmist talking about? Every day he would get on his knees and he'd say, God, I need you today. I need you today. I have need of you. Poverty of spirit, Matthew chapter 6. You know, he had billions. He could have taken care of all of his woes with his own personal resources. But every day he woke up and he had need of God. Because he knew that the other stuff wasn't going to give anything to his soul. Only Jesus was going to give him that. So here's what's happening right now on the earth. Jesus is walking into churches just like he walked in here today. He's here in this room. His spirit, his presence. And you know what he's doing? He's casting out seed. He's casting it out, guys, and he's wanting to plant it inside of your heart. And you know, many of you, you've been through a lot of things in life, and I honor you for that. I, I, there's things that, man, I'm learning now, being 40, almost six years old, things I'm seen, things I've gone through, man, wisdom has definitely increased. But I want to tell you this, I'm going to guard my heart through every single thing that I walk through because you know what? The word of the Lord says that you need to guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life for you. And you need to live in a place of revelation where your heart is open, where you're being, you know, willing. Because the whole thing, those who receive the word, it says that. It's, it's the word Ido, which means to know. It's like you're in a place of open audience to what God is saying. I could be in this room preaching and 80% of you could be hearing there could be another 20 that's totally shut off because they have closed off their heart because of things they've walked through in their life. I can prove it to you. Matthew 18, go read it. Jesus is like walking with his disciples. He's like, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus calls a little child over and he says, unless you be converted every day and become like this, innocent of heart, you won't even begin to step into this reality. Because your heart will be so hardened, you won't even have possibility of getting into greatness of my Father's move. That's why Jesus could stand on the cross and say, Father, forgive him. Completely unoffended. And the glory of God came out and shook the world. I had one scripture as I was, I was praying for this church, and I want to just read it. And then I'm done. I've tortured you enough this morning. Come on, somebody. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. You know what? I'm a social media guy now. I got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I resisted it for years. I was, I was <clears throat> religiously opposed. Uh, <laughs> and now, now I'm a, a participant. And one of the things that I hate about social media is it makes everybody's life look awesome. You know, because you're not putting the times when you just fought with your wife on there, right? You know, your kids just, may, you're not posting. You know, sometimes people do that. But most of the time, here we are. Woo! You know, and, and just, and you know, you know what the deal is? We live 
in a world of comparison. And in the comparison, we're searching for significance because we don't understand that the kingdom of God is not about significance foundationally. It's about obedience and it's about faithfulness to what God has called you to do. And that's success, by the way, because it's going to be like, hey, the day we come in through those gates and the Lord's there, he's going to be like, well done, good and faithful servant. Not anything else. And you know what? Some of you need to hear this. What you've been doing for years that no one's seen some of the things you've walked through that no one knows about, some of the dreams in your heart that have died that no one can even relate to, none of that has been in vain. And what God has said over you is yes and amen. And I just feel Holy Spirit so strongly wanted me to tell you that. And you're going to come to a place one day, just like the Apostle Paul, and he'll say, I finished the race. Because I never, ever let revelation be stolen from my heart. Would you just, before the Lord, just in your seats there, would you just close your eyes just for a minute? Pretend like somebody's playing on the synthesizer up front. Okay, we're setting the tone here, right? Lord, I love this church. I love this people right here. I love this city. I wasn't just living here for 10 years and having my kids here. For no reason, Lord. This place means something to you, and it means something to me. And Lord, there's people sitting in this room that are marked by greatness. That before the foundations of the earth, before they were even fashioned in their mother's womb, Lord, you knew them and you had plans for their life. Lord, there's been so many words over this church, over this house. Lord, the fruit that's come out of here is incredible. So many lives that have been impacted, Lord. And Lord, I just want to proclaim the blessing of heaven over this place. And I thank you, Lord, that there is wisdom in this house, but there is also revelation in this house. And Lord, you are the sower of the seed, and you are walking through Birmingham, Alabama. Lord, you are walking through this place this morning, and you are throwing out little teeny pieces of reality that if we catch them and we don't allow them to be snatched or trampled over or choked out, that Lord, you could do something great. Lord, you could do something that we'll look back in 10 years and we'll say, my goodness, Lord, don't let us here at the end of the race lose heart in any way, God. In fact, I just speak to your heart and I say, rise up, heart. Rise up, spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit says that, uh, that a, a, a little smoldering flax, he will not extinguish. He will come and he will pour out. He'll pour out oil on that smoldering flax and he'll begin to ignite a fire because that's the thing that's on the inside of his heart. God is a fire starter all the time. Lord, in this place, we worship you, God. We love you. 
We honor you, God. We honor your presence this morning, Lord. We thank you for the heritage over this house, for Jimmy Brookins and God Bard and Brian and, and now the kids and soon-to-be grandkids that are coming up in this place, Lord. You are a work. God, you want to touch the ends of the earth, Lord. You want to touch all those nations hanging on that back wall and beyond, God, out of this place, Lord, out of what you're doing in this city, God, in this town, in this church, among this people. And I want to thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of the people in this room that have stood in this church, God, for what you called them to do amidst challenges, amidst trials, Lord, but they've stood the test of time, and I'm asking that you would ignite their heart this morning, God, that you would burn and put something in them, whether they feel it or not. They might be tilted sideways, but, God, you're going to get them wings level, Lord, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do something this morning, God, that me as a man cannot do, that, Lord, you go on the inside. You're the master surgeon, God. You're the master, God, touching realms of our heart, Lord. You're the, you're the perfect leader over our hearts, Lord. You know how to get in on the inside, God, and just, just pull things out that God have died that we could never give, Lord, in our own strength. Wake us up. Wake us up, God, and let us be alert in this hour. Let us be watching. If in some way this is touched this morning, I want you just to stand to your feet. I want you to open up your hands. and This may be one. I'm not asking for everybody to stand. Please don't just do that because I said it. Just But if something inside of your heart went off today and you just feel there was grace on, I want you to open up your hands. And I just feel right now because we're closing because the kids, I want you just to open up your hands. And I just want to just ask the spirit of the Lord maybe if you're around them just put your hand on their back or or towards them and just say Holy Spirit just come God just come and just do something Lord on the inside of us Lord breathe Lord you breathe life Lord you breathe the breath of life over us Lord you you come and you and you just bring that pneuma wind God that, that brings life Lord you've You've come to give us life and life abundant on the inside, Lord. Come. Just, just, just take that in, you know. Just say, oh, God, you're the, you give us life, Lord. And you, we live and we move and we have our being, Lord. You're, you're the source of what we carry. Come on, let's just worship him just for a minute. Lord, we love you. Just tell him, God, we love you. We honor you today, God. We, we're not afraid, Lord. We, we're, just, we're just here to tell you, you are awesome, God. You are so good. You are the perfect steward of our hearts, Lord. Even in the midst of this life that oftentimes is cruel, Lord, it's unfamiliar at times. This is not our home. Lord, as, as we walk through challenges and things that happen that no one else even knows about, no one else can even relate to, Lord, you're the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Lord, we worship worship you. God, we worship you in this place, Lord. We, we don't need songs, Lord. We don't need words on a screen, God. We love you today. We worship you, God. There's someone in here, you've been through a massive betrayal in your relationship. 
Might I see like even five, six years ago, it's not even something that's, that's right upon you now. You still carry that in your heart. God wants to set you free from that pain. The enemy tries to remind you of that often. I just say, Lord, release that off of their heart today. I, I see it as a woman in here. Maybe more than one. Lord, just release that right now in the name of Jesus off their heart. I see somebody who's went through a business uh, deal that went south. You've been betrayed in the business world and on multiple levels, and you've just kind of given up a little bit. And God has marked you for greatness to really reproduce wealth in a powerful way. God set that person free this morning in the name of Jesus. I see someone in here, you've had a ministry vision. Not everybody's called the vocational ministry. In fact, it's less than 3%. And we need to take note of that. We need to take reality check here. But nonetheless, you've been called in that way. God wants to set you back on course again. Do it this morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's the deal. I'm going to just hang out here. If any of you all need prayer and just be up front, we gotta, we're going to dismiss. If, if you're a guest today, forgive Bart for having me in. Amen. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> it's not his fault. Uh, but so glad you're here. You're free to go. Just do so maybe quietly for the sake of just maybe what's happening in the room. And then I'm just going to hang out here, maybe have Lukey with me. Actually, Luke, come here with me, and we're just going to pray over people. I know we have to get the kids out of the nursery and relieve those workers back there. So if you have kids, go do that. But we'll just continue to pray, if, uh, play if that's all right, and just hang out here for as long as we need to. So love you guys. Thank you so much for just your attention this morning and, and what Holy Spirit's doing in, in your midst. God bless you.